Welcome to Qualgen's podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness related, including hormones, pharmaceuticals, health trends, and ways you can help better your life. Hi, everyone. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. Today, I am talking with Dr. Marissa Maxino. Dr. Maxino is based out of Florida. Her practice is centered around helping patients rediscover vitality and energy through bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, PRP therapy, cannabis therapy, and much more. Dr. Maxino, thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning, Jennifer. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Um, But before we get into the medical side of things, can you just give us a little background on how you got started in the industry you're in? Well, I've been trained as an internist pediatrician. That's my background, practicing internal medicine for over 25 years in Orlando. And uh, one point at a time in my life, I realized I was going through anxiety and mood disorder when I was in my 40s. I realized that it was horrible because it was causing so much burden for me as a clinician. And, you know, a conventional doctor would be working many hours from 80 to 120 hours back in the days, hospitalists, you know, rounding. And I said, there's got to be another way here. And so I happened to chance on the spring convention of the A4M or the American Academy of anti-aging medicine back in 2006. And lo and behold, I saw myself. I said, oh my God, I'm perimenopause. I'm going through the change. That's exactly me. What I did is I saw this treatment, which is bioidentical hormone. Back then, I was in my early perimenopausal time and was started on hormone therapy. And I'm so grateful for that. Because fast forward, that has changed my life, maybe more complete as seeking more functional and not just I diverted my practice to a non-conventional practice and so embracing the physiology, biochemistry of how diseases rather than the knee-jerk reflex of reacting to illnesses, reactive medicine is what's conventional. I value the preventative side and realize the epigenetics of diseases where you can prevent cancer by fixing body, mind, and spirit. So it was so natural for me when in 2017, the state of Florida have opened up and made and legalized medicinal cannabis. So aside from bioidentical hormone, I in 2017, I started to take really a route where I said, I'm going to dedicate to functional medicine, add all of the integrative medicine here, including medical cannabis, bioidentical hormone, plasma therapy for regenerative medicine. And I've never been so fulfilled in my life and happy. So that's my story. That's amazing. I love that. I think it's awesome that, I mean, you chose to go that route because of how it affected your life. I feel like so many people do it because they see other people doing it. But I mean, it's truly something that's worked for you. And you want to make that difference in other people's life. I think that's Awesome. One thing I learned at this age is you have to follow your heart and your gut. Not mm-hmm. worry about, okay, will I make money? Because most conventional doctors, we were not taught much for business, always think, okay, will it be profitable? Will I be making money? No, follow your heart. And that's what I did wholeheartedly, my heart and my soul, because I believe in the fashion, passion of healing patients that way and knew that if this will be the way. And so I got some even awards for being an innovator in this field. And I forgot, I, I also oh my God. was sexual medicine. So I combined everything. And it's such a great energy to share with other practitioners that you need to just be bold and daring 
and pursue what you're passionate about. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. Yeah, that's amazing. What awards did you get? Oh, I got the award in 2018 in London as one of the top global women in all different fields. Mine is in the fields as an innovator in the field of medicine. So that was amazing. Around the world, meeting all these wonderful women, Asian women who had excelled in their fields from business, commerce, and education, and mine was in the field of medicine. So they value that I talk about sexual medicine and hormones yes, and cannabis. That was that was really very empowering for me. And I, from then on, it propelled me to even speak more about this. So I speak locally for communities and, you know, women empowerment. I'm, I'm so much big on that. That is so great. So on the lines of cannabis therapy, I know that it's yes. a newer therapy being used. Can you explain what it is? So uh, cannabis is actually just rediscovered. That's how I would say it, because back in 1936, this was used as an elixir. But back then it was used for nausea, for pain. And fast forward, some uh, situations in the 1970s prompted them to ban this and and noted it to be, you know, the forbidden, the, the gateway drug. So it was switched to Schedule 1 in 1976. And everybody was afraid. It was in the likes of heroin. The rediscovery was just 30 years ago by brilliant scientists, uh, Rafael uh, Mishrulam and Ben Shabbat, which are Israeli physicians. And they discovered the endocannabinoid system, like respiratory system or our endocrine system or nervous system. We have receptor sites. So they discovered that the human being has receptor sites in the brain, in the joints, in the heart in the uterus, in the vaginal wall, in smooth muscles, in tissue, in the gastrointestinal tract. So think about it like a lock and a key. So you have a lock and the key is the plant, the medicinal cannabis or, you know, the cannabis itself have the exact match to this lock in a key fashion, like a perfect fit. So they discovered that there are things that will alleviate, for example, anxiety, depression, mood disorders, insomnia. There's gastrointestinal symptoms resulting from chronic like Crohn's disease, inflammatory bowel disease. When the receptor sites are binded, there's alleviation of symptoms like the spasm stops, the headache stops. So there is a complete like reversal of symptoms versus treating them with multiple prescription medication. In the, because I'm, I'm really under support for women and women's health, pelvic health. Women suffer a lot for pain, pain around the pelvic floor, especially those that are still having menstrual cycle. They cycle, they have PMS right before the cycle. And when they have cycle, they have pain, menstrual cramps. Receptor sites are there. So taking cannabis like THC and CBD combined can alleviate that PMS disorder where you feel like you're off and you don't want to talk to anyone. And then when the menstrual cramps come in, it helps with relaxing the urine lining. So I actually, because women have more receptor sites than men, I always emphasize to women, take more of your medical cannabis, specifically THC, right when you're having your menstrual cycle because that cramp would be relieved. And at the same time, the CBD mm -hmm. component helps with moods and irritability. What also was found on most researches is 
most women, because they feel relaxed during their intimacy, whether they're young or menopausal women, they're finding that their intimacy is even improved because they're more relaxed. So this is the reason why I said, mm-hmm. absolutely, this is needed to be in my practice. I have a combination of bioidentical hormone optimized. And at the same time, you know, if they have any of those symptoms like insomnia, which is common in menopausal women, anxiety, pain during intimacy, then yes, you can combine. And these are the happiest, most completed female patients of mine. They give me their testimonial. And we do have the studies. A few of the studies have been already printed regarding the receptor site for women. In fact, the A4M is now asking for that for women's health because they're supportive of this. This is like new that I'm discovering since I shifted my practice. So I'm so delighted. Next week, we're going to talk about they're inviting me because March is the month for women. And uh, we're going to talk about women and mm-hmm. weed. And I will be in the panel to talk about the sexual side, sexual medicine and hormone side of that. Yeah, that is awesome. So what's the difference between THC and CBD? All right. The THC stands for tetrahydrocannabinol. And um, the CBD is, so there are two receptor sites, by the way. Mm-hmm. The two receptor sites will be specific for THC and CBD. Okay. And CBD is the one responsible for irritability, for, for the neuroplasticity, for in, intervention of um, hyperexcitability of the nerves. For example, CBD is primarily used for seizures, for epilepsy, for uh, post-herpetic neuralgia, diabetic neuropathy, anything related to nerves, nerves like anxiety, mm-hmm. PTSD, you know, nerve pain, uh, post-traumatically, even from a traumatic brain injury, you will have hypersensitive nerves, including like Parkinson's, even dementia. The THC component is a cannabidiol and the receptor site is responsible for relief of muscle spasm, for relaxation, yes, it is known to give euphoria or what we call high. However, the difference is when you have medicinal mm-hmm. cannabis, you're not going to have the munchies or high because it always comes in combination with THC and CBD. In other words, you're combining to occupy the two site receptor sites versus some that you get from the streets where you don't know what strain you're getting and primarily it could just be full THC. So there is specificity. There's about 200 cannabidiols. These are the substances, substrate, that are found in the cannabis plant. And each one has, for example, mm-hmm. specific function where it can lower blood pressure like CBG. It can stimulate bone marrow production or increase bone strength. It has capability of having boosting of antioxidant, antifungal, and antiviral. And so it's just phenomenal boosting the immune system. It's not just from THC, CBD, because there's other substances in the cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, what gives the pungent smell is what we call terpenes. And terpenes are the flavor. It could be mango, myrcene, it could be lemon and or lemon. And adding these attributes to the plant causes that formation of of the substance that makes you feel good. It is called anandamide. It's a Sanskrit word for feel good. So when all the receptors are binding 
And traditionally, we only know those two substances. But in real life, there's 200 cannabidiols in the plant, plus the terpenes. Combine it all together, and it's called the entourage effect. Like, whoa, when it hits you, it feels good. You have relief of muscle spasm, pain, uh, irritability, joint pains. The most important thing is the person relaxes. And as a hormone specialist, I just don't deal with sex hormone. You deal with cortisol being the most important hormone for COVID-19. The craving for sugar and salt is driven by fear of the new things that change, cortisol surges, and that makes you crave for sugar and salt. So um, when you're relaxed, the cortisol level comes down, inflammation is prevented, mm -hmm. then the patient loses weight, they're more relaxed, and of course, combining with bioidentical hormone, that also mitigates those symptoms of anxiety, depression, I'm gaining weight, I'm off, I have no libido. So can you imagine a combo of both plant-derived medicine that's alleviating mm -hmm. specifically men and women, but you know, I'm I'm more definitely have seen this more in women. Their blood pressure comes down. I even have one male patient who had mentioned, I'm a pacemaker doctor. She he came in for lumbar stenosis back pain and he is seeking medicinal cannabis for pain. And lo and behold, serendipitously, he noticed that his heart rate, his pacemaker is not firing as much as it used to be. But, you know, what's interesting is we have receptor sites in our heart. So I, I even, you know, jokingly told my cardiology friends, <laughs> maybe you can discover like a lynx CBD cannabis catheter to those arrhythmia and everything will be cool, you know, because this are <laughs> we're still finding it. it's just the tip of the iceberg. We're finding more and more. Um, yeah. There are different modalities that we use. So the way it's given, it's not just you smoke it. We even have inhaler, we have tinctures, we have the gummies, we have edibles. Wow. Yes. And you have topical cream where you can apply directly and or it could be given in a vaginal suppository. How do the different ways that you take it, how does that, does it affect you differently? I mean, obviously like yeah. hormones, you know, if you use the cream or the trochies or something compared to the pellets, like it's going to have like the highs and lows. Is that kind of the same thing? Yeah. Yes. So the, the very simple rule when I tell patients, especially if they're a newbie, they've never smoked medicinal. And they always think, oh my God, I like to smoke. I don't want to smoke. The, the simple rule is anything inhaled, whether through an inhaler, because we do have an inhaler, a cannabis inhaler that just looks like a literal inhaler. Anything inhaled, vape, smoke will be in your body and giving you efficiency for relief symptoms between two to four hours. And anything you take orally, whether mm -hmm. it's a capsule, because they're also available in capsule, tincture, you put the drops, and the edible. Which that, that would be efficient and good in your body for six to eight hours. But like you said, inedible, anything oral, it takes about half an hour to an hour for it to hit your system and relieve your pain. Just like pellets are efficient because mm -hmm. it's instantly released. When uh, you take an inhaler, in two to five minutes, you get it right away. The plain form of cannabis would be about the topical forms would be about half an hour to an hour. So anything oral topical takes longer 
to get into your system, whereas it's sprayed mm-hmm. now, that will be efficient within two to five minutes. That makes sense. And does the smoke, how does it affect your lungs? Like, is it, I mean, obviously it's not like a cigarette smoke with the tobacco, but does it affect, like have any negative effects on the lungs? Well, you know, it's really not like a negative effect, but it depends. I always ask, you know, physician, clinician, we always ask the patient if they have an existing lung condition, if they have asthma, COPD, because if they do, then I wouldn't recommend that to be the route of therapy. If they're in pain, they should prefer oral liquid, um, capsule, or inhaler, just like anything. Anything, if you have existing, pre-existing condition, I wouldn't advise that. But fast forward, if you're thinking about that can cause lung cancer, I don't think so. There's not any studies that shows it can cause cancer. In fact, um, because you don't have to smoke like, you know, there appear in roll, there's also option to get the grounded material and put it in like, if we call it, layman's term is the bomb, but goes through a medium like water, there could be also dry inhaler where you don't have to smoke it with lid it. So that does not, there are other ways to alleviate it without having to cause damage. And of course, the most controversial last year was the question on vape. It's the oil. So it's not an MCT oil or those type of oils that were reported that cause lipoid pneumonia in young cigarette smokers, vapors that are young people. They're not using that type of oil. The medium Mm -hmm. is either cannabis or if it's MCT, it's very minimal. And so a lot of times the patients do not. I have asked, I have over a thousand patients, none of them have new onset asthma or had developed COPD. Because when when you hit when you smoke, you're not smoking it forever. You probably would cough maybe two or three. You're not gonna finish the whole joint mm-hmm. in one session. That's not the case. <laughs> it's for your relief. Right. You hit it twice, then you're okay. All right. So that whole joint takes long. <laughs> it's not something that you have to finish right <laughs> off. So we grind it with the right amount it's like Microdosing is important, like gummies. You don't consume the whole gummy. Start with a quarter, okay? Then advance. <laughs> Even with nature, right. start with 0.25. The concentrate. I have one lady who finished the whole syringe and they couldn't wake her up. They took her to the hospital. But she oh, finished no. the whole syringe. You're not supposed to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> so it is important for the physician and the patient relationship to, to let them know, be careful microdose nitrate it's personalized it's not one size mm-hmm. fits all you may get a hippie patient who have high tolerance to cannabis and they would require <laughs> we are limited in the state to 2.5 ounces in the state of florida every 35 days for the smokable for the smokable power and everything else in the recommendation are given every seven months interesting and i know you've been helping um many patients with that have breast cancer Yes. With cannabis, can you tell us more about that and how um, what you've been doing there? Because I think that's amazing. Yeah, I'm affiliated with every time with Libby's as a local community here of women that have survived survivors of breast cancer. With breast cancer, those that are actively in therapy, the chemotherapy mm-hmm. induces severe nausea and vomiting, and that's where medical cannabis takes an important role. That they're awake, alert. And they take the oral tinctures or they smoke it, vape it, and they have 
relief of these horrible symptoms of nausea, vom vomiting, the gastrointestinal part where you feel like retching, instead of being medicated, overly medicated with those anti-vomiting medication, anti-emetic drugs can cause so much side effect like you mm -hmm. know, pain and things like that. Another part of the ongoing treatment will be headache, insomnia. You know, they're going to be staffed, especially those that cannot, they're not given hormones. So, and most of these women have concomitant symptoms of insomnia, anxiety, pain. That's where THC is so important to control pain, headache, post-surgery. There would be swelling, the lymphedema, which is handled so much with a combination of CBD and THC. So we maintain them for therapy from the time they're diagnosed, shopping, through going through the therapy, and post-therapy, and even in the support group. Because after all of the radiation chemotherapy surgery is done, What's left behind is a woman feeling like, I feel off, I'm depressed, you know, these things were horrible. It's, uh, how do I go from here? I still can't sleep. And it's like being hit with menopausal symptoms all over again. And this is where I find that, obviously, you can't give hormones, but you can give the cannabis to alleviate sleep, deprivation, pain, depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. They can have a lot of the swelling, which is also alleviated. And of course, they're high risk for infection. We give medical cannabis for immunocompromised patients, AIDS patients. And so this is one of the things that, uh, you know, when I share with them, they find that compared to taking morphine or pain prescription, they find that they're not totally just in bed and non-functional. They find that when they mm -hmm. take medical cannabis versus pain prescription, they're awake, alert, they're um, able to have relief of pain, but they don't feel like drunk. You know what I mean? Just sleeping the whole entire day and no um, interaction. You don't have the, you know, the possible effect of the addiction that comes addiction, with exactly. pain medication too. The pain medication, the you know, back that was approved here because of that. There were about fifty-six thousand deaths from opioid addiction oh, wow. right before we had the medical cannabis, and then since then it dropped to forty thousand. And there have not been any reported cases of dying from medical cannabis because technically you have to consume. Mm -hmm. You die ten thousand brownies in ten fifteen minutes. Can anyone do that? Obviously not. You can't smoke as much. <laughs> really die so no one had died the most common adverse effect will be if you take too much you're just going to be nauseous or you sleep too much yeah <laughs> of course we have to caution you don't smoke and drop don't do that <laughs> and do it at the cover of your you take it have i know we were talking about covid earlier have you noticed and this is kind of going towards the hormone side of it, the stress that comes with COVID that you were saying with all the changes mm -hmm. and everything, people going through their like their pellets faster because of stress. Have you noticed that? Last year was a game changer because we're discovering new things. Even mm -hmm. as from a clinician point of view, you're absolutely right. This has never happened before. I've been a hormone specialist from 2009. And what I'm finding, because we closed down, we, I couldn't do the pellet for a few months. And I had to switch them to oil. And I've noticed, because I had to run all of their full hormone panels. I was alluding earlier, their cortisol 
was skyrocketing high. They have adrenal stress dysfunction from what was going on with COVID. And and so Mm -hmm. they were relying on the hormones to also help them alleviate insomnia, anxiety pervasive during the time because you're fearful. And the fact that, you know, the aches and pain and I guess even the sexual dysfunction was causing this because, you know, all of a sudden everybody's in the house and then all these new things. So from the uh-huh. examination of a physician clinician, the hormonal pattern are they use it up because cortisol's on the rise. There's deprivation. There's a momentarily... Mm-hmm. Um, shut down of their sex hormones because the primary pathway, if you remember the physiology, the primary pathway during COVID and a fearful situation of 2020 was to produce cortisol, the fight or flight hormone. Thus, they needed more mm-hmm. to alleviate the sex hormones to come up because the cortisol level was high. So in, in that adrenal pathway from cholesterol to pregnant alone to PHEA to funneling down to cortisol and then progesterone and testosterone. Think about it. It was so imbalanced. Cortisol was rising and too high, but then the sex hormones were dropping. So we had to repel it. I had in right. my practice, had to repel it every four months. When we opened up, when we were allowed to be mm-hmm. open again, oh my gosh, we were just going through. Even up to now, people have realized, they realized, oh no, it's the best thing ever. That was the test for them with the switching. To oral topical was no good. I mean, it was not enough to sustain. So, to me as a clinician, I'm, I was like, oh my goodness, this just makes sense that you give them, and yeah. now I'm giving it to them every four to five months, not six months, because definitely they've started working out now in the gym, in their home, and they need that to stop because they're using it up. They're all looking go, okay. They're flying through it. <laughs> We're flying through it. We're using it up. I said, yeah, your body's using it up because now you're concentrating on your health. You're exercising and we're alleviating. Uh-huh. Now everything's balancing with cortisol coming down. Your, your sex hormones are coming right. up as well to catch up. But that, yeah, that's what I know. I'm sure the other clinicians have noticed that as well. That's the reason why the cortisol, what can bring down cortisol in my practice is medical cannabis. Because they're relaxed. They're in a moment. They're like, oh, I can sleep, doctor. Sleep is important because sleep deprivation messes up your cortisol level. The diurnal clock will be messed up. And so when cortisol is high, you're going to gain weight because you're craving for all this sugary, salty food. And then I explained them the physiology. Then they get it. And they said, oh, that makes sense. So 10% of 10% weight reduction for my medical cannabis patient when they come back in seven months. And I would always tell them, listen, your cortisol will come down when you're relaxed, and that's through the cannabis. And even better if you have identical hormone. And that's the best value. I am one mm-hmm. a clinician who's taken care of by hormone therapy pellet. And at the same time, I'm also a legal card holder. And that alleviates my pain my insomnia. And so I feel so much, I'm going to be 60 this year, but I feel like I'm just 40 because I can function. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can help my patient be productive, um, you know, focus on their health. As a healer, you need to heal yourself. And that's what I found. um, Yeah. I'm hopefully sharing. Why why not? It's educational as well to realize as healer, you just don't give. We have to be healed. 
as well in order in order to provide. Absolutely. What I do think is really neat. I mean, you're doing the hormone pellets and the cannabis, and they were both so common back in the 1930s. Yes. And I don't think people realize that about pellets is that it was started back in the 1930s, and they both dropped off. You know, I got trained, and I I found out about that because I did my certification for the International Hormone Society in Belgium. Oh wow! That's where I found out. Yeah. So in 2016, I went there. I said, "What? What are they doing in Europe? How are they managing?" That's where I found out about college. We are actively doing that more in Europe and in Australia than us here. We're just slowly. So it was fantastic. That's how I know. 1936. That was golden moment for cannabis and hormone pellet in particular. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, what is your favorite thing about functional medicine? My favorite thing about functional medicine is because it is so simple. It makes sense. When I explain to patients, mm-hmm. why do you feel this way? Think about it. I'm not your waitress giving you everything you want to order. I'm here to sit down, listen to you, explain to you the physiology, and yes, you can change it, relieve it, change your epigenetics, even though you have breast cancer or diabetes in your history. It is you because it's a body, mind, and spirit concept. And patients find it that it's Mm -hmm. more valuable. I spend about an hour, at the minimum is half an hour. They find the value of a clinician explaining the physiology, going down to the roots of the cause of their illness. And it, this is what they tell me. It just makes sense, Dr. Maxino. I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now you can buy feedback and listen to <laughs> yourself. Bond into yourself. Love yourself. Know yourself well. Confucius has already said that many times. We can never believe it. Don't look outside. Look within and you know the answer. And that's what functional medicine is. When I diligently spend the time in the physiology, they get it. Simple. When optimizing, mm-hmm. this is what I say, okay, you were given a number zero to 10. Do you want to stay at one or do you want to stay at close to 10? And it makes sense when I'm driving their hormone level up. You're not going to settle for this amount of hormone when you could be higher, feel younger, and more productive and have more vitality. There's no question asked when mm-hmm. I said that. When they come back for their post-palate labs, and I always do, I said there's evidence based in what I do here as a clinician for hormones. You come back in eight to 10 weeks, we're going to run your tests again. I want to see how you feel. I want to titrate because that can help me modify how much are you are you using up with your palate. You're using it quickly. You're using it all of you, depending also on your lifestyle. So the numbers guide me when they come back. And now they value that. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, I love that. So now even my practice started growing because not just by word of mouth, but they love the fact that we take the time to explain. Like I said, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and listen, I mean, I feel like it's so hard to find providers that listen to actually what you're saying. And like you said, instead of just throwing a prescription their way, let's find out what's wrong and let's fix it. Yes. And I always tell them, we have to be patient because it's a process. Uh-huh. It doesn't happen overnight. One thing COVID taught us is we need to just be patient. It will all soon pass, but we just have to be patient. <laughs> Nothing is going to be perfect. Amen to that. Just relax. Not for your medical cannabis. <laughs> all right. Take it easy. Breathe. 
<laughs> just chill out for a little bit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, is there anything else you would like to add? I think that's about it. Unless you have any other questions, there's nothing else I would add. I think I talked so much about my new passion of combining resources in plant medicine. And I'm just so thrilled mm-hmm. to share this with any practitioner who wants to get my feedback because I have I have really data on how many female, male on both combination therapy. And uh, it's advancing mm-hmm. more. Like I'm finding more relativity and, and as a healer of course at the end of the day i've done the best that i can and to see results of patients having had happy lives more focus more endearing lives to them more gift for them to pursue what they're passionate about so that's all i'd like to share but thank you for inviting me to speak about this yes thank you i really enjoyed it Yes, thank you, Jennifer. It has been great. Um, For more information on Dr. Magsino, please visit her website at marissamagsino.com. That's M-A-R-I-S-S-A-M-A-G-S-I-N-O.com. Or you can find her on Facebook at Marissa Magsino, MD. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media to stay up to date on Qualgen.